0: Uh, By by the way, I read something this week where um, a doctor, a doctor said to a patient, he said, well, your recovery, your recovery was a miracle. And then the patient smartly said, thank God, thank God, now I don't have to pay you. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Well, let's turn in our Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. Matthew 28, at verse 18 and 19. Our theme today is, Everything I wanted to know about baptism, but was afraid to ask. Someone wrote me a note recently and said, Pastor, could you do a message on baptism? And I hope that person who asked for it is here. It is, uh, it is, of course, the day when we are going to be baptizing. We're baptizing six people today. And at the evening service at 6.30, we invite you to join us for another six who will be baptized. And they will be folks from some of our other churches that do not have a baptismal tank, but will join us here at Rosewood at 6.30, and we invite you to join us. But at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 18, says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now there's a lot of truth there and there's a lot of truth in the next verse, verse 20, but today we want to primarily focus on on baptism to gain a better understanding of what it means to be baptized. So the first question we want to focus on is this, why should a Christian believer be baptized? baptized. And I shared many of these truths with our baptismal candidates in the baptismal class. Why should a believer be baptized? Well, anyone making notes? A, it is in obedience to our Holy Bible. It's in obedience to our Holy Bible. Right in the verse that we read, Matthew 28, 19 says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, doing what? baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And uh, Acts 2, 38 says, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. All right? So another, another reason to be baptized, point B, is this. It is following in the footsteps of Jesus Jesus has set the example. For instance, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 13, 16, and 17, we read, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Amen. Our friends that are about to be baptized today are, are, are going to be baptized basically in obedience to the Word of God. They are obeying what God says in the Bible and they are following in the example and in the footsteps of our Lord Jesus. Now, that's why... A Christian should be baptized. Question number two. Who qualifies for baptism? Who qualifies? Well, A, you are a person who has truly repented of your sins. You qualify if you are a person that has truly repented of your sins. Acts 2.38, Peter replied, repent. Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. What does this mean? It means that you have sincerely asked God to forgive you of your sins. Have you? Have you sincerely asked God to forgive you of your sins? John 1, chapter 1, verse 9 says... If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins. And in fact, it goes on and says, "And will cleanse us of all unrighteousness." You are a person who has truly repented of your sins. This also means that you have decided, you have decided to stop doing anything which you know is wrong. When we repent, it's not just a matter of, uh, of saying, "No, oh, I'm sorry, dear God," but rather we say, "Lord." By your spirit and with your help, I will no longer do that which I know is wrong. I will not willfully disobey you. I will not willfully sin. Amen. So, point B as to who qualifies for baptism, point B is this. You are a person who has invited Jesus Christ into your heart and life. Revelation 3.20 says, Jesus is speaking, and he says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And the previous verse, verse 19, tells us how we open the door. It says, So be earnest and what? And repent. Be earnest and repent. There's a beautiful hymn called The Savior is Waiting. The Savior is Waiting, which captures this truth of allowing us to to enter, allowing Jesus to enter our, our heart. And a little bit later, I'm going to ask George Adams to sing it for us, but the words are beautiful. The words say, the Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? There's nothing in this world to keep you apart. What is your answer to him? And then the verse says, time after time, he has waited before, and now he is waiting again to see if you're willing to open the door, oh, how he wants to come in. I want to ask you today, have you allowed or will you allow Jesus by his spirit to come into your heart, to come into your life? He says, look, I stand at the door. Or in one of the older translations, it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. So we're, we're talking about who qualifies for baptism. Point C, for those of you making notes, point C is this. You qualify when you are a person who knows that you are a child of of God. You're a child of God. John 1, uh, verse 12 and 13 says, Yet to all who received him, that is, received Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or husband's will, but born of God. You are a person who knows that you are a child of God. There's another beautiful hymn called A Child of the King, which captures this uh, marvelous truth of being a child of God. And the uh, chorus, the chorus simply says, "I'm I'm a child of the king, a child of the king. With Jesus my Savior, I'm a child of the king. Furthermore, who qualifies for baptism? Point D. Point D is this. You are born again, You are born again. You have experienced a spiritual birth. John's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 3 through 7, declares, In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. And so the question is, have you been born again? Are you born again, spiritually speaking? There was a time of your physical birth, but the time of your spiritual birth we refer to, and the Bible refers to as being born again. If you're born again, you can be baptized. Next time we have a baptismal service, I want to invite you to come to the class and to be a part of the family of believers that will be baptized. Furthermore, this spiritual birth has resulted in positive changes in your life, as spoken of in 2 Corinthians 5.17, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He or she is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Positive changes. The Spirit of the Lord brings about positive changes in our hearts, in our lives, transforming the inward nature, the inward man, the inward woman. Praise God. Amen, amen. Furthermore, who qualifies for baptism? Point E is this. You have the assurance of eternal life in heaven. You have the assurance. First John, chapter five, verse 13 in the Bible says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. It doesn't say so so that you might think that you have, so that you might possibly have, so that, well, maybe, maybe, no, the Bible says, so that you may know, you may know that you have eternal life, eternal life in heaven. Praise the Lord. Now, the above truths that we've just talked about, the truths of forgiveness, adoption, new creation, and eternal life, I uh, some time ago summarized, summarized these truths in a little chorus that I call uh, I am forgiven. And initially, I actually wrote this this little chorus when I was when I was uh, the speaker, the chaplain for boys' camp some years ago. And as the speaker that week, I was uh, trying to communicate these basic truths to the boys in that camp. And uh, I, I said, "Lord, help me come up with a little song." And I, I think I've shared this with you once or twice across the years. Uh, but um, it's it's a song that basically goes goes like this I am forgiven and adopted into God's family I am a new creation with a gift of eternal life why don't you try and sing it with me <clears throat> I am forgiven and adopted into God's family I am a new creation with a gift of eternal life. I am forgiven and adopted into God's family. I am a new creation with a gift of eternal life. Amen. 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 <clears throat> yeah, Pastor Lucas uh, discovered at the at the baptismal class that Pastor Nick can write songs too. You know. <laughs> What's that, brother? <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, my new album is coming, he says. <clears throat> okay, I'm looking for it. <laughs> okay, moving along. <clears throat> uh, what, does, what does the word baptism mean? Okay, number three. What does the word baptism mean? Well, it comes from the Greek word baptismos, which literally means that which is dipped, that which is dipped, but Listen to this now. Our Church of the Nazarene manual says this. Baptism may be administered by sprinkling, pouring, or immersion according to the choice of the applicant. Now, normally, we, we dip through immersion. That is, put a person underwater. But we also make possible sprinkling or pouring over the head because of the following reasons, just so some of you are aware of this, okay? A, in some world areas, there just isn't enough water to immerse people, to put people underneath the water. Some world areas, there just isn't because of a shortage of water. B, sometimes health problems make it difficult for some people to be immersed. And we've run into that occasionally in our own church here. And see, sometimes people have serious fears of having their head go under water. All right? So, as a church, we try to be sensitive to people's needs. And today, everyone uh, being baptized has, been, has chosen to, to uh, go through full immersion. But for those of you who are wondering about the future and you have hesitations because of a health issue or because of fear of going under water, I want you to know that sprinkling and pouring is a possibility. Let's go to truth number four today, and it is this. What does it mean? What does it mean when a pastor says, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? What does it mean when we say that? And I I mention this because I don't want you to just think about everything just as, oh, it's religious language, because it's not, it's not just religious language, it has significance. And the answer to this question is this. Um, sometimes we say, that car is in the name of. Okay, who has, who has their uh, car ownership on them? Anyone, anyone have? Mr. Chenchun, do you have your car ownership <laughs> on you? <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Who's got their car ownership on them? Any, anyone? Oh, I hope you're not stopped by the police. Then, <laughs> uh, you have your car ownership on you. I know. I, I know. With with a whole bunch of us, it's probably in in the car. But I think here's the man who has it where it's supposed to be, right in his wallet, right beside. Oh man, five thousand dollars there. <laughs> so, huh? Well, this uh, this car. Ownership card says Lunt John David. Are you sure that's you? Yeah. <laughs> it's really yours. Yeah. It's really yours because your name is on here, right? right? And so when we, when we say I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, essentially Essentially, we're saying, what we're saying, we belong to all that God, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit is. Just as, just as, because your name is on this document, the car. the car belongs to you. Okay. Similarly, similarly, we uh, we say, we say sometimes um, that house. That house is in the name of so and so, right? That house is in the name. And when we say that, we're saying that house is owned by that person, right? Or that, um, yeah, that house is owned, that townhouse is owned, that condo is owned by that specific person or by those two people or whoever's, whoever has their name on the ownership, okay? So what this means is that car or house belongs to a specific person. and and that car house is owned by that individual or, or several people, it is his or her property, right? Archaeological finds from the first century reveal that if something was in the name of a particular person, it meant pretty much what it means today. It meant that 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 item or that person was owned by whosoever name was on there. Therefore, when a person is baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, it means that you are declaring, you're declaring that you belong to all that, to all that God is, revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are publicly declaring that you are you are owned. You are owned by God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are, in other words, God's property. You belong to him. Now, what does, what does belonging to the Lord and being owned by the Lord imply? What does it imply? Stick with me. This is beautiful. At least in my mind, it really is beautiful. It implies... You are very special, very valuable. Okay? That's what it implies. It implies, A, that you are very special, very valuable. Why? Because you belong to the Lord, you are owned by the Lord. B, it implies the Lord will defend, protect, and take care of you. Are you with me now? You belong to him. You belong. You are owned by him. You know that my wife and I have this precious little two and a half year old grandson. Uh, if I go for a walk with him in the park, if I go for a walk with him in the park, and and and, uh, and and some big dog, some big dog wants to attack my little my little grandson, or some bullies want to attack my little grandson. Guess what? This, this grandpa is going to defend. This grandpa is going to protect. I won the 70-pound wrestling championship in school. I think it was grade five. And I will take care of that grandson of mine, and no one will hurt my little boy over my dead body will any dog hurt him. By the way, I, I'm not assuming every dog is going to attack a little child, okay? That, don't, don't someone write me nasty notes. Pastor Nick don't talk bad about my dog. I'm not talking bad about anyone's dog. But still, by the way, if you're anywhere out, outside you know, with uh, with little children and their dogs around, be careful, be cautious. Use your good wisdom, okay? All right. So, what does belonging to the Lord and being known by the Lord imply? Point B, point C, it implies you have a growing desire, you have a growing desire to become more like the Lord who owns you. Do you have a growing desire to become more like the Lord who owns you? I hope you do. And also, point D, it implies that everything you have belongs to the Lord. Use it for the Lord. Everything you have. That's right. That's right. Your car. Do you own a car? Your, 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 your apartment or your, your house? Wherever you live, what you have, what you have belongs to the Lord. Think upon it in that fashion. What we have, God has entrusted to us to use for his honor and to be a help and a blessing to others. Amen? All right, think now about the beautiful symbolism of of baptism. Think about the beautiful symbolism. When a person is being baptized, As you go under the water, going under can symbolize for you any past life of unbelief is dead and gone, okay? Any past life of unbelief is dead and gone. Also, going underneath the water symbolizes that your sins are forgiven and washed away. Washed away. But we have to be careful to understand that the water is not washing away our sins. Revelation 1-5 tells us how Jesus has freed us from our sins by his blood. Jesus has freed us by his blood. Amen? And also, as a person is baptized, it symbolizes a desire to stop sinning with the help of the Lord and to allow the Spirit of God to continue to bring about transformation inside of the heart, inside of the mind. Also, as we think about the symbolism of of baptism, point B is this. While you are under the water, think of how you do not have to experience eternal death, because Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for your sins. Romans 6.3 says, or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And then point C in terms of symbolism. George, why don't you and Ruth come on up. As you rise up out of the water, think of how, think of how you have a new life with Jesus as your partner you will someday rise up into heaven to be with the Lord. Romans 6:5 says, if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. And so, baptismal candidates, as you go in and out of the water today, I want you to think. I want you to think about the symbolism. Those of you who are going to decide today to be baptized next time, I want you to reflect upon the beautiful symbolism. But before anyone can be baptized, as the hymn writer says, the Savior is waiting to enter your heart. If as yet you have not said, Lord, come into my heart, come into my life. As George sings this song, I want to encourage you to bow your head where you are and in your own way to make your peace with God Almighty and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. And I believe the resurrected Jesus now wants to come into my heart by your spirit, by faith.
1: The Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? There's nothing in this world to keep you apart, what is your answer to him? Time after time he has waited before, and now he is waiting again to see if you're willing. Door, Oh, how he wants to come in. If you'll take one step toward the Savior, my friend, you'll find his arms open wide. Receive him and all of your darkness will end. Within your heart, he'll abide. Time after time, he has waited before, and now he is waiting again to see.
0: Let us pray shall we dear Lord may you help each one here today each one that needs to open the door of their heart to your spirit so that each one experiences the privilege of being born again spiritually to have a spiritual birth and to be ready to be baptized in the near future Oh, we're so thankful, we are so thankful that you offer to each one of us forgiveness of sins, adoption into your family, a renewed and transformed inward nature, and the promise of everlasting life in heaven. Lord, may you help each one of us to come to that point of decision and decide to follow Jesus and give you all that we are, give you our heart and life And say to you, yes, Lord, I am a true, a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Let it be so. And now we thank you, Lord, for these precious ones who are about to be baptized, who today are publicly declaring their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. We're grateful, Lord, at different stages in their lives in different ways You you have helped them to individually come to a point of decision, a point of being born again spiritually. Thank you for the adults. Thank you for the youth who are about to be baptized. May you forever use them for your honor and glory. May you keep them close to your heart and may you help them to grow spiritually with the passing of the months and years. May you help them, Lord, to be wonderful examples of a follower of Christ, wonderful examples at work, at school, at home, in the community, here in our church, wherever they are. Thank you, Lord, for our baptismal candidates this morning and those who will be baptized in the other service tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.